You're listening to Politics Explained. Back to basics in the political sandpit with Rodney Hyde and Tane Webster. Here on Reality Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, you can send us a text, 2057. Uh, email me, inbox at realitycheck.radio. Oh, and there's an election coming up, and we're joined by Tane Webster. Good morning, Tane. Good morning, Rodney. Beaming in from central Taranaki at my home-sitting location. Ah, you're sitting someone's home. That must be wonderful. Yeah, it is. Tell us, what's our question today? So this question's come in a number of forms into us, but the gist of it is what happens to votes that do not make it across the 5% threshold or that party does not also win an electorate? What happens to those votes? Well, this is a great question, actually, because those votes are essentially thrown in the bin because it's like when you have first past the post um, and you vote for a candidate and that candidate doesn't win then in a way your vote didn't count. You know, your person uh, didn't make it. But they make a big song and dance about it. The two old parties and the new parties in Parliament make a big song and dance about it saying, oh, you mustn't vote for a third party because your vote will be wasted. Well, it's your vote. And to my mind, no vote is wasted because let's say you feel very strongly about a third party, a Christian party or a pro-freedom party, and you vote for it, and out of that result, no MPs get into Parliament. Well, your vote's not wasted, because I can promise you, having been there, the other political parties are looking for votes all the time. And if they see a party getting 2%, They want to know why that party got 2%, because that 2% is the difference between getting into power and being in opposition. They want to pick up those voters. So you are registering your support for a potential set of votes, just like when the Christian parties early on in MMP stood, and they'd get 3-4% of the vote. I tell you what, the ACT Party, the National Party, and to some extent the Labour Party, were still chasing that vote because they wanted it for them. And so... They change their behavior and their policies as a consequence of that. They're in the marketplace for votes. So votes aren't wasted. What the main parties will say is, oh, what happens is your vote gets reallocated to other parties. It's a nonsense. It gets reallocated in a funny way because it doesn't count. Well, it's just math. It's just just math. Right. Because it doesn't count, everyone goes up a little bit in terms of the formula because, you know, your people didn't get a line. But I always say vote for the party that you support. And, of course, if you don't do that, then we're not going to get change. Does that make sense? I think it does, yeah. I'm a great supporter of the underdog and the people that are giving it a go. And the ones that are in Parliament, to hell with a lot of them, you know. So I always like supporting the ones that are struggling to come in. And, I mean, I was one of them once, struggling to get into Parliament on several elections. And nothing would be more frustrating when people say, oh, look, I really like you and you've done such a good job and I really like your policies. But I don't want my vote wasted, so I'm voting national. You know, I hate them, but I'm voting for them because you're not going to make it. Well, you're not going to make it because National's been running this propaganda campaign that our vote for ACT is a wasted vote. Um, No, it's your vote. Don't be told what to do with it. You choose. Vote for the party that you support. That's my message. Oh, and here's another good one. Take, for example, Liz Gunn, who I think the world of. 
uh, and she set up a party, good on her. I can't wait to have her on the show. And you say to yourself, oh, wasted vote, wasted vote, wasted vote. No, 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 because you're voting for the principles and the policy and the philosophy of that party, and you're also voting for Liz Gunn. I tell you what, she mightn't make it say, because she doesn't get enough votes, but she will be noticed, her policies will be noticed, and a smart political party might pick her up for next time. You know, that's how politics works. Vote for who you want to vote for. Don't be persuaded by self-interested political parties telling you that if you vote for anyone other than them, your vote won't count. <laughs> it's a bit like, imagine being in a blue in a blue seat, right, in the old days. So it's absolutely blue seat. It's never going to change. And you're a Labour voter. And having the National Party saying, well, don't vote for Labour because your vote will be wasted. It doesn't make sense because you vote for National, they're going to, you, you're going to say, well, I could vote for you, but you're going to get in anyway. So that is a wasted vote. No, no, vote for who you support every time. Yeah, and one thing I would add in, you sort of alluded to it, but it does have an effect on the, what we call, you know, the Overton window and what's allowed to be discussed and when you put forward ideas in any format, whether that's in a form of a minor party, media, you know, your, your Facebook page. Oh, that's page a great or, point. It's influencing. <laughs> Oh, you got me excited. That's a fantastic point, because look what RFK Jr. has done for American politics and Vivek Ramaswamy, and indeed, previous to that, Donald Trump, because these were people who had no chance uh, written off by the mainstream, written off by, you know, um, the legacy media, written off by all the established politicians. But they have changed what can be talked about in American politics, they have changed the election campaign. And so Vivek, for one example, has put ending the war in Ukraine on the table. He also he also called climate change a, you know what? A hoax, right? yeah, and that the climate change agenda is a hoax. And RFK, even more stunningly, has been able to explain his position on vaccines, not just the COVID-19 so-called vaccine, but all vaccines, saying we want to see the science. We are the supporters of science. Don't label me anti-vax. We want to see the science. We just don't want to be told what's safe and effective by Big Pharma who make billions out of this stuff. He has done a fabulous job against all odds. And how? By actually standing for office, gaining support. The important thing is that he's done that. It would be great if they won. But the important thing is that by standing for office and gaining support, their point of view is reaching. Yeah, getting their, getting their idea. And, and it's, it's, it's a different system there. It's a, arguably it's, it's easier and safer to do what they're doing there because yeah. there's the primaries, right? They have yeah. the primaries at the end. It will go from to, you know, um, RVSD. So I don't like, pro- I don't like politics, funnily enough. Because <laughs> um, it's sort of seedy and dirty. Um, I like um, business and communities and human interaction. Um, and so there's something disgusting about sitting in committee and trying to get your way. Um, and there's something seedy and disgusting about standing out there and getting people to vote for you so you can have power over them. That's <laughs> like not good. But I do love, because you're going to have a government, I do love the Westminster system. I think it's just fabulous. I think it's been corrupted by MMP, but there you go. And I do love the American system, like in the abstract. It's such a wonderful, perfect 
system of balances of power and all the rest of it. Of course, politicians are working to undermine it and to become tyrannical and to use it and abuse it. But the actual system, oh my goodness, uh, very, very clever. And the alternative is always a tyranny. So we're very lucky. And American politics, as you say, but it also shows it also shows that no matter how good the system is, if you're not careful, it just gets you get screwed. And that's because the American system has been screwed. Well, I always think I'm always been a big fan when when I first heard of it before I was in Parliament. And uh, it it always struck me as a good idea when I was in Parliament and still does. It's an American concept of term limits. And I love the idea of term limits. I think you should only be allowed three terms in Parliament. So you go, you stand for office in New Zealand and you've got nine years. And after nine years, you can't stand again. Now, what that would mean is you would never have career politicians, mm. which I think are a disgrace. You would have people choosing a good age at which to go into parliament. They might say, well, oh, because I can only do nine years, I will actually, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and then I'll stand for parliament. You'd also offer up the prospect to every New Zealander to be prime minister because obviously the prime minister's only got nine years. So you don't have to dedicate your life to politics to be prime minister. You only have to put aside nine years. I think that would be wonderful. And it would also mean that our MPs, our ministers, and our prime ministers are citizens not a ruling class. What we've got now is a ruling class. I mean, choosing amongst a ruling class. I want a citizen parliament. Yeah, it's definitely, I would say it's not as bad as a lot of countries. Like a lot of everyday people can make it in there. And, you know, when you were in there, you you, you were an example of that. But uh, it's definitely more in the direction where there's a class of Wellington bureaucrat elite party insider, party advisor. They, they do these roles before they become MPs, you know, and it's yes. kind of a, a little bit of a club, a little bit that. No, it's a total club. It's a total club, yeah. It's a total club. And, of course, those that do come in from outside are inculcated into it. So John Key was an outsider who came in. But because the club was so big, he had to become part of the club and take on the club, you know, be part of the club. He had to earn the respect of the club. And then he left and good on him. And it was the same for me. You know, you, you join a big club. Oh, it's wrong. You know, we want citizens turning up there. And, I mean, that was the great thing about when government was simpler and government did a lot less. Uh, it was better because, you know, my grandfather wasn't troubled by government one day to the next. They weren't telling him what he could and couldn't do. He could get on with his life. And, of course, they paid uh, MPs a pittance, which I think is a good thing too. And if you had term limits, you could pay them nothing. And it would be true community service. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, the the, the pay aspect of it. Because obviously, yeah, you want people in it for the right reasons, but then you also want to attract top-quality people. But, I, I, yeah, I, I tend to believe on your side, but I'm just saying that's, that's yeah, the no, devil's it's tough one. position. Here's, here's the other thing is uh, what we've created is a monster class of bureaucrats, and um, they have spent their entire lives in it on big money, right, ruling over us. And the danger of term limits is even after 20 years in Parliament trying to deal with these guys, they still get the better of you every day in and day out. And I can imagine if you had term limits, the bureaucrats would rule the roost. But I can also imagine on the plus side that if you had term term limits, you wouldn't care 
and you could have a group elected to parliament and just say, we're going to deal with these, this crowd. because <laughs> we're, we're not in it for the long term. I've got nine years to fix the bureaucracy. And you could stand on firing the, all, you know, the top 10% of bosses. And you say, well, then government wouldn't work very well. Well, how's it going at the moment for you? Mm-hmm. And I think the term limits, if it if it isn't, it's not already the case in councils, but it should apply there too. Yes. There we go. There's uh, Politics Explained. We covered off ah, your so-called wasted vote. No vote is wasted. Even the non-vote sort of counts, which is often where I'm at because it's sending a message too. And if you're hunting for votes, you look at that. And we also covered off uh, term limits. Thank you, Tane. I look forward to having you on next week. This is Politics Explained, back to the basics uh, in the political sandpit. You can send me a text at 2057 with your political questions, and you can email me, inbox at realitycheck.radio. You're on Real Talk with Rodney Hyde on Reality Check Radio. You're listening to Politics Explained, back to basics in the political sandpit with Rodney Hyde and Tane Webster.